given me and, and blessed me with and taking my talents and, and trying to glorify him through through uh, my passions and my talents. Because so. we need Christians whose faith is alive right now. God doesn't ask for anything in return from us. He just wants us to trust him and believe that, you know, he is the Almighty and sent his son Jesus here to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins. I'd rather share a Bible verse on Sunday morning with an audience of 100 than just try to sell products and not make any difference at all to an audience of a million. And then it's like, well, that's settled. Let's go. <laughs> we sit back and we, we develop this envious jealousy inside of us because somebody else is living the life that we want while we sit down and don't do anything about it. Get out. Go enjoy it. And then, of course, you know, you and I would say, get in the woods! All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Rice Killing Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Tyler Pruitt. I am the host of the show. We've got a good one lined out for you guys today. Uh, we are taking a little bit of a break between our James study here. So those of you guys that are listening for the first time, I want to encourage you guys to go back and check out the past few episodes we've been breaking down the book, the book of James getting into the details of what he uh, he teaches in chapter one. Go check that out. Today I've got a good one lined up for you guys with a great all-around guy named Jason Amato. So some of you guys probably know who Jason is. Those of you guys that don't, Jason is the owner and founder of Takedown E-Ventures. Okay, so they do all kinds of great events where they travel around the country and literally just try to get corporate America back outside. So they host all kinds of events, out, outdoor theme type events where they'll show people how to shoot a bow. They'll get them into archery. They'll do axe throwing. They'll do you know, shotguns. They'll do all kinds of really fun, cool events just with the purpose of educating people, exciting people, and empowering people. So I want to encourage you guys to check out Takedown E-Ventures on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find them at the handle at Takedown E-Ventures. And it's E-Ventures, not adventures, like events. So Takedown E-Ventures, you can find them on there. And they also have a website, TakedownEventures.com. So I want to encourage you guys to connect with Jason, connect with Takedown E-Ventures, check out their website, and see all the cool, amazing things that they are doing in the world of outdoor sports. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into my conversation with Jason Amato of Takedown E-Ventures. All right, so I'm sitting here with Jason Amato on the Rise Kill Eat podcast. Jason, I appreciate you taking some time this evening to to talk with me, man. I'm, I'm super excited to be able to connect with you and hear your story. Well, thanks, Tyler. I'm excited to be on with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it's interesting how uh, I first you know heard about you. Um, Chris Hamm, who was a guy with uh, HHA Sports, I'm sure you know him real well. He sent me an email saying that you would be a great guest to have on the podcast because, I mean, I, he, he was a guest that we had, I guess, probably now about a month and a half ago, and he, he thought that you would be a great fit for, for what we're trying to accomplish here with the Rise Kill Elite podcast. So again, I appreciate you taking some time. Well, Chris is a great guy, but don't believe everything he says. <laughs> 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 no, nah, yeah, he, he definitely is. I, I love Chris and uh, 
you know, he was, he was fortunate enough to, to send me some, some gifts and I'm excited to get those out and, um, start shooting with them and stuff. So it's, it's going to be pretty, pretty fun playing with all my new toys he sent me. So <laughs> but, yeah, yeah Chris fun. is a great guy. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So of course, you know, Rice Gilly podcast, we're all about God, freedom, and the great outdoors. It's, it, I mean, it's basically putting all those three things, those three elements into podcast form, into audio form. So, uh, of course, I want to hear a lot of your stories. So, where did you kind of start as far as your the outdoors go and as far yeah. as getting into getting into shooting sports? Yeah, thanks for asking, because really for me, there's, there's a lot of um, heart around the story of takedown. And my story started, I grew up in the suburbs around the Chicagoland area. And so sports were real big in my life and my family's. Um, from an outdoor perspective, Tyler was really, you know, I'd, I'd fish. I was, you know, the kid that would run on some of those little fishing, you know, some of the, the fishing holes on golf courses in the area. And I worked at mm -hmm. pet shops, had a bunch of animals. But hunting and that whole thing was so foreign to me. Uh, I, I didn't grow up around it. So no firearms in my house, no bow and arrows. So fast forward, um, life's always interesting. I say, you know, it's a bunch of puzzle pieces that you look back at how God orchestrates them. They don't make sense, but they fit later on in life. And so for me, yes. um, I grew up, I knew I had a passion for people. I loved being around people, loved encouraging, loved motivating people. And uh, I loved sports at the time and also the outdoors. Well, uh, one of those was kind of done come mid high school. I had always dreamed maybe I'd you know play baseball or do some type of sport. Like most kids, you, you dream of doing that. Uh, when that became uh, a reality, that really wasn't going to be the case. Then I transitioned to, well, must be business. I have an entrepreneurial mindset. So I'm going to go to business school. And so I embarked off to college, all excited, thinking I'm going to do a business school. And I made it about three days. And three days into it, a business professor drew that bell curve, and I thought it was the Liberty Bell. And I'm like, uh-oh, I am in trouble. This, is, <laughs> this might not be for me. Uh, and so I remember walking out of that, that class and going to my guidance um, uh, counselor and saying, hey, I don't really think business is my thing. I know I want to I wanna do business. I, I, I'm creative. I want to do those things, but I don't know. And so I enrolled in speech communications just because it was simple. And I made it through the end of the year, and then I dropped out of school. Um, and started to travel. And so I, I found myself working in uh, New York uh, for a stint and also LA and then found myself back home in Illinois. And what ended up happening was uh, I started my own real estate investment company and I was hustling the streets uh, at a time when uh, that was a real profitable uh, way to, to make a living if you could. And I was young, but I had a lot of passion around it. Um, and I was, I was really gun ho. I thought this is what I'm going to build. And I started having success and had my own real estate investment company, but there really wasn't passion. There was practicality. There was a practical way I'd found to make a lot of money, but at the end of the day, there wasn't any passion. I didn't wake up excited about it or thinking about it. It was just practicality. And then, uh, what happened was something that would change my life. Uh, we have two challenges usually at each uh, eventure we have that I challenge the crowds with. And the first one is hijack someone's life. Uh, and what do I mean by that? Well, a guy named Tory Granrath hijacked my life. Uh, he had went to my church. Uh, he was a, a business owner in the area, owned a, a bigger like concrete company and rugged, rough, tough, like gold glove boxery type guy. So all us young guys looked up to him and he came to me one day and was telling me through one of my friends as well, hey, have you ever shot a bow and arrow? 
And I'm like, who in the world shoots a bow and arrow than cowboys and Indians? And uh, <laughs> it, it was just foreign to me. You know, I, I swung baseball bats and shot, you know, uh, basketballs. And that was so foreign. But I, I, I believed what him and my buddy were telling me. And uh, I put a bow in my hand. And when I released that first arrow, it changed my life. Uh, for the first time, I found a passion that was deep inside of me that I never knew existed. And uh, I'm so thankful that Tori took the time to hijack my life and put that bow in my hand. And so what happened was uh, I started really getting, I have a very addictive personality. And so I got really, really into archery and bow hunting and really started to uh, meet with Tori's friends that were older than me uh, by you know a number of years and kind of became mentors with getting into the hunting community. And so we took that and that passion and we started to actually do what's called Takedown Outdoors with two of my buddies at the time that were Tori's good friends. And we started Takedown Outdoors. And that at the time was really just us filming hunts and and mixing things with like deer and deer hunting TV at the time before it's been all saturated with, you know, a thousand shows. And we were doing yeah. that, finding success. Um, but once again, you had passion but zero practicality to pay the bills. Uh, I wasn't getting paid to sit in a tree stand, <laughs> very much money right. to, to pay mortgages and all that. Um, right. And so that's kind of where I found myself with these this dual tension of practical and passion. And um, at the time, I was also starting to do stuff volunteering at, at my church because I knew I loved people. So I had those kind of variables out there. And then one day... Um, uh, basically, we had a perfect storm in our country about seven years ago. And, and the most beautiful thing in life is when I see people's passions and then practicality meet. And it's just an awesome thing. And for, for me, what it was, was you had Duck Dynasty, you had Brave, you had The Walking Dead, and you had Hunger Games. And they were all kind of at their peak hitting mainstream America. And what they did was they they ignited a little bit of a spark in people somewhere deep down in them uh, from my friends. I call it my Ken and Barbie doll buddies that they work in corporate America, the suits and ties, the dresses and high heels uh, to people that just live in suburbia and never have picked up a gun, picked up a bow. And, and they were watching these, these brands and these shows and saying something attracts me to that. And maybe I don't have a beard to my navel. Maybe I don't live in the, in the woods and maybe I don't want anything to do with hunting, but there's something fun about that person shooting a gun or that crossbow looks really cool. And what started to happen was uh, kind of like you say in life, what's your unfair advantage? Well, for us, uh, we were around the Chicagoland area, so we had access to a lot of the corporate community and we had grown up in that area. So I had a lot of friends in that world. Um, and so it was an easy ask of them to come to me and say, hey, Jason. I don't know what I'm doing, but you're the only normal person I know around here that blows stuff up and shoots things. You think you could just <laughs> how to shoot a bow and arrow, how to shoot a gun. And it was the same thing with my two partners. And we just started taking people out. And it was amazing, Tyler, uh, how quickly it was evident to us is when you get a person in a field, this, this grown adult, uh, and you put a bow in their hand, you put a, 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 a gun in their hand, you put a spear, a whatever you put in their hand. If you just educated them a little bit, which led to them getting a little better, it would give them excitement, and then it would eventually leave them that day empowered. And I was watching this, and it just one day I was in the field with a guy, and he had never shot a bow, and I'm watching him shoot, and I said, like, man, you look like a two-year-old. 
And he's like, I feel like a little kid. And the light bulb just started to set off because we had that same summer been invited to do a boys and girls camp. They had just said, hey, you guys are local hunters. Could you bring some slingshots, horses, bow and arrows, stuff like that? And we did. And us, we didn't think much of it because it's just kind of our lifestyle. But to these kids, it was a defining moment in their summer. So we already had that kind of in the the back of our mind, kind of like those uh, puzzle pieces, I say, with God in our lives. We knew there was something there. Well, in taking these people out like this gentleman and seeing them just totally out of their element, but lighting up, the light bulb went off. And I just kind of said, well, what if a clean cut group of guys that understood business, but had the relational intelligence to love on your janitor all the way to your CEO and everywhere in between could put on non-gender based events, meaning that People like my wife that were working in corporate jobs that are invited to the ball games, invited us that really don't care about that stuff. What if we could get anybody, a male, a female, whether you're athletic or not, and just get them into a place where we could do an All-American a day and they could shoot guns, shoot bows, do things with a little bit of education, they could find success. What do you think about that? And a couple of these people that we had talked to were like, wow, I would love to do something like that for my team. And how do I sign up? And that's where the, well, uh uh-oh, that sounded really good in that little bubble on top of my head. (laughs) How in the world do you practically do that? And so um, I guess to lead up to where the initial start of Takedown was birthed, uh, that gives you a little backdrop of kind of how it all started. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's that's fantastic. That's, That's something that you definitely see. You know, a lot of people, they, they don't have that exposure to that kind of lifestyle. I mean, for, for us and for people who are probably listening to, to this podcast, like this is something that we do. It's a, it's a lifestyle we do on a daily basis. It's something that is just ingrained in us. But, you know, going up to Chicago or going up to New, New York or Los Angeles or these heavily, you know, populated areas where, you know, all you see is, is concrete and asphalt. I mean, that's, that's something that is, like you were saying, totally foreign and, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned Duck Dynasty and like Brave and, uh, you know, Hunger Games kind of around that, that time frame because I used ended up seeing, I, I ended up seeing a lot of the same things that you were mentioning there is that, that like this, this passion for archery, like you see it, you saw it a lot more in like middle school, uh, high school type mm-hmm. age girls, yep. especially because of that. And, um, they started to get into, you know, participating in the archery team and Mm -hmm. as far as like duck dynasty goes like that honestly if i if i look back on it duck dynasty is a huge reason for why this podcast today even exists because implementing those those ideas of you know the outdoors and and faith you know mixing those Mm -hmm. together so kind of seeing those pioneers go out in front it's it's pretty interesting to uh you know to to see that take place and you know it's it's pretty cool that's also that like I, I wrote it down here just to make a little note that you dropped out of college. Like that, that's, that's so fascinating to me because I think there's so much emphasis on, you know, bachelor's degrees and sure. whatever other degree you want to, you want to add into. But, you know, I think it was a uh, Elon Musk said it here recently that like, there's too many people with MBAs that are trying to run businesses that have no practical skills, basically is what he was saying. And, you know, it's, it's interesting hearing your story and hearing how everything kind of fell together for you. Yeah. And yeah, I should prefer, like, let know, the audience know, especially if my mom listens to this, that I ended up going back to school and getting my degree, but it, I never, there you go. <laughs> so it was, mom, I did. I got my degree at speech. Con, but, uh, to your point, I, I haven't used it a day in my life, you know, so it's, right. uh, 
yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's an interesting how that works. And, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, being a business owner, uh, I'm not looking when I look at someone's resume at how many degrees they have. I give two flying squats about that. It's how they are with people, their relational intelligence, are they humble servant leaders, all the intangibles that you're not going to find mm-hmm. in a degree paper on, on, you know, somewhere in a, on, on, on a wall in their office. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think that's definitely something that, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just the, the education culture. Maybe it's just culture in general that has really emphasized. I, I especially remember whenever I was, you know, going through high school and that kind of thing. I, I, and it's still a thing now, but you know, I think, uh, the, the trades, you know, the trade jobs are starting to make a comeback. Cause I think, yeah, you know, I think kids are starting to see like, Hey, I can, you know, spend $2,000 to go get a, my HVAC certification and make $70,000 that year. Like, so, I mean, or I can go spend a hundred thousand dollars and make 30,000. So, I mean, it's just, you know, a good calculator will tell you that, you know, there's, there's some good jobs out there that, that benefit that, but not to take away from your story or anything. So, uh, what is it that you think that really intrigues people about, you know, the, the shooting sports, the, the outdoors, especially people, I guess, who haven't been exposed to it. You know, I think here in Kentucky where I live, uh, I think most people, you know, even in, you know, Lexington, maybe not so much Louisville, but even like around the, the bigger, I guess, cities and towns, even they're exposed to a certain point to outdoors and, and hunting, or they know uh, they have a cousin who owns a farm who hunts or something like that. But like in, you know, the scenario of Chicago or in the scenario of New York City or Los Angeles, these major metropolis cities, what is it that you think really attracts them to to those sports? Yeah, I, you know, and I think that you really, the more I'm doing this, we're going into year basically uh, six now, is uh, at the heart of all of us, whether we're in a suit and tie and a dress or in a pair of blue jeans and a flannel, uh, we all have that desire um, for adventure. We all have that desire to be empowered by something. And, you know, we call it a takedown is during the day you are going to have experience physical gratification and see as kids, no matter where you grow up, you're, you're competing for trophies as a kid, you know, you're in soccer, baseball, whatever it is, bowling, uh, go down the list, whether it's academics, you have something where you can physically experience success. And then what happens is for most of us, you, you go to college, you go somewhere and the rest of your life, the only way you get any physical gratification is through a paycheck or maybe yeah. uh, you make a difference in a life. And so um, what's so appealing about like our adventures is we can easily take, I don't care who they, I don't need to pre-screen people. I know anyone coming that day is going to have a good time because they're going to hit or they're going to hear the hit of a clay shattering in the air. And you can't do that, but smile. Um, they're going to hear uh, the tomahawk hit the thud of a stump. And you're going to feel good about yourself. You're going to hear that crossbow make that loud boom and go off. You're going to watch your arrow get closer towards hitting that bullseye. And every single one of those, there has that, there's that physicality to it. That isn't based on, we're not talking like football or masculinity but there's that physical gratification to watch yourself do something, watch yourself improve, hear the sounds and the noises around it. And I think that's a huge part for people just walking away being like, wow, that was awesome. And then you add to it in more of the, the urban areas, um, the people that haven't been around it. I think like anything uh, in life, if you come 
with something that's very foreign to you, you step out of your comfort zones. When you experience success, you're going to appreciate it way more. It's the same thing as the darker the room is, the brighter the light is. Well, the farther away you are from ever experiencing something, when you do it, it means that much more. And so, uh, you know, out of all our stations, our most popular station usually is the, the 10 point crossbow station. And the reason is, um, you know, we had the, the head of marketing, Brian, uh, at our Florida tour a couple weeks ago. And he was like, why is that? I said, well, I think it's because when these people walk up, a crossbow looks so intimidating. You know, it's like, am I going to get hurt? What's going on? There's all these moving right. pieces. And I always tell people, I say, if you can pull this trigger and you don't smile, I'll hand you a dollar. Now, I don't carry cash with me, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to because I know right. that people are going to be like loaded up again. That was awesome because they're so nervous. And once they get over that and they're like, whoa, I did it. It's the most empowering feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I can, de I've seen that before. I've, I've experienced it myself. I mean, you know, whenever I can remember being a kid, you know, dad taking me out to the, to the shooting range and, you know, first time shooting a, a 50 caliber, you know, I was nervous. I was probably 11, 12 years old. I was nervous. And, you know, I think I had probably ended up the same reaction that I'm sure those people had is you, you smile because you're like, Holy cow, that was awesome. Let's do it again. So, I mean, I, I definitely, definitely can relate to that. And, you know, I think it's so important that we do disrupt our, our comfort zones, just like you mentioned, because, you know, it's especially in the cor corporate world, you know, especially in the professional world, when you have an opportunity to, you know, be vulnerable in front of your colleagues and you're able to deliver on something. I mean, I think that's just the, I mean, you can't help but feel fulfilled and, and empowered from that experience. Yep. Well, it applies what we do with team building so much because what I hear from different teams or their, you know, HR directors is two things. One, the word team building has been so saturated that people hate it. Uh, you know, the yeah. average person you talk to are like, I'm stuck going to a team building today. And you know what it's going to be? We're going to stand in a line, hold a gutter, let a golf ball roll down it and pop into a cup. And it's <laughs> like, all right, I'd, I'd rather, I don't know, I'd rather go work and do spreadsheets than do that. And so we've, we offer something that's actually fun, but, but secondly is it really with what we do, unlike a golf where you're going up to the tee and unless you golf a lot, you're like, mm, this, this is, this, this might be hard on me or I'm embarrassed. What CEO to anywhere in between throws a spear regularly or shoots a bow and arrow regularly? I mean, it's just not something that even me, unless it's during hunting season, get to shoot a ton. So no matter where they're coming from, it really levels the playing field. It removes the titles. People don't really feel like, well, this girl or guy, they get to do it a lot because of their position in the company. Uh, no, they don't go out and throw tomahawks very often or shoot bows. And so everybody is on an equal playing field, which really, really bonds a team. Yeah, that's that's great. And that's uh, I could definitely relate also to the to the whole team building thing, because if I'm at work and I hear we're doing team building today. That's, I, that's the first reaction I have too, is I'd rather just go work. So, <laughs> but, but uh, that's awesome though. Like, I mean, what kind of, uh, what kind of challenges have you seen from, from hosting these kinds of, of events? Because you're working with people who, you know, are so new to, to the sport and they're so new and maybe they've never pulled a trigger on anything in their lives. I mean, so what kind of challenges do you face or do your team yeah. face as far as, uh, you know, dealing with people who are so new at this event? Yeah. I mean, the word challenge is a big one for me because 
you know, I didn't really get into the story of up until the modern time, but like the story of takedown, we've had one challenge after another, just trying to scale and build this thing. But in regards to when we're there that day, um, we have a multitude of challenges. One, we're mobile. So we're basically setting up we call them, we create environments of engagement to educate, excite, and empower our guests through truly unique and impactful experiences. And so our job in a short period of time is to assess an area. Um, like, you know, we go on a tour, like we're going on tour in April and literally for 40 straight days, every weekday, we're in a different venue, different city in the country. And so we show up that morning and we got two hours before they get there to get everything turned into an adult playland. And so the challenge is first to get it all set up, get it set up right. Then you got people that show up and you're dealing with a bunch of different personalities. You're not, we're not going on a curriculum because I don't believe teaching people you should. If you just, everybody has to follow the same thing. Everybody learns differently. So right. out of our groups, you know, there's probably a divide down the middle. Half of our people are avid outdoors people and shoot regularly. And half of them have never shot in their life. And so what we've found over the years is uh, you can be the greatest archery instructor or, you know, world-class international shooter. You might not be a good guide though for takedown. And right. we're really reinventing that and saying, look, I'm way more concerned about how you make it palatable to this person standing before you. And they have a short time to do it. I mean, my guides, uh, it's amazing what they do. I mean, like when we rotate stations, they'll on average have 25 minutes with people. And so imagine you got to teach a person a compound bow, the intricacies, the parts of it as best you can with the goal that in 25 minutes, you want them hitting a bullseye from 10, 15 yards away. And, um, so, you know, we're dealing with the challenges of the guys that shoot a lot or the girls will deal. We dealt with this Texas last year. We had all these, you know, John Wayne's out there and, Oh, I, I go all over Jason. I, I love this and that. And then all of a sudden they can't hit the backside of a barn. And I try to tell them, like, right. brother, you're left eye dominant, but right handed. No, no, no. I shoot right handed everything. I'm like, you probably have a peep sight on your bow. We're shooting a Genesis without a peep sight. It allows you to cheat. Just trust me. This will help you with everything. No, no, no. And then, you know, 10 minutes in, I'm like, hey, do you want to win? I want you to win today. I want you to win and, and get prizes and do this. Just please listen. And so um, we have to carefully and uh, massage the people that come that have shot a lot and yeah. try to help them where we can, or those that can shoot better than us, just, you know, not have an ego and be like, Hey, you're a better shot than me. That's all I'm learning from you right now to the brand new people getting over their fears, making it a very safe and warm and inviting environment with our lingo, the way we talk, um, to the execution of it. And so you have so many of those variables coming in uh, to play, but that's kind of what makes it exciting. Every day we have a new set of people, a new set of challenges, uh, and that's what fires me up. Yeah, I can see those guys with the with the egos would probably be the most challenging to deal with because they'd be the ones that you know they're set in their ways. They're they have that that hard type mentality that like I, I've done this before, I don't need any help kind of thing. Whereas the the new I guess students almost, you could call them, you know, they're, they're sponges. Like it's, it's a completely blank slate. It's a completely, you know, open canvas on what you're able to do with them. They don't have, you know, pre, uh, I guess muscle memory type things or, or think they have pre muscle memory type things <laughs> as far as, you know, shooting archery or that kind of thing. So yeah, I can definitely see that. And that's actually the first thing I was thinking of as you were kind of going through is, you know, I can see some guy who, 
for some reason he's wearing a polo thinks he's just the the stuff and he he pulls back a bow and he he shoots it over the target so. yeah oh brother we've had that happen more yeah more times than you know but it, it's it, and it's good and you know I, I tell him at the start of the day I said you know what a lot of these women are going to do better than be the best because they're actually going to listen to us today and the ladies will laugh and um sure enough uh you know we were in Texas a year ago in Dallas and uh a woman came to us and she was a financial advisor, very successful. And she came in her Titleist gear. It was, it was, it was cute. She was great. She was all excited, but she, she was quite sick. Jason, I've never done this. You know, she was in the whole golf attire. And I said, you're going to do awesome. As long as you just listen to us, I promise you, you will experience success. She ended up winning the entire afternoon primitive portion. And That's it awesome. was just because she listened. All our stuff is set up to succeed. That's what I love about you know, any of these shooting things, I mean, the guns, you know, there's a lot of hand-eye coordination and that can be a challenge no matter what, to an extent, you can still succeed, but the bows and crossbows and aerial archery and tomahawks, if you just listen to the guides, you are going to succeed and it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's, that's definitely true. I think it's true for anybody who is, you know, getting into archery or anything, or even if you've been in archery for a while and, you know, you just need need improvement. I mean, the best thing to do is just to go to somebody who, you know, has more experience than you or has a different perspective on it. That's, that's definitely true. And I, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. And it's interesting that you guys are, you travel around. Like, I mean, that's, that's, I'm trying to think of that and trying to comprehend how, how many miles you put on your trucks and your trailers over the span of 12 months. And where are you guys centrally located? Do you have an HQ that you guys stay at? Yeah. So man, this has been a crazy story, but yeah. So right now we're outside of, you know, I say the Chicago, but we're not an hour out of Chicago. We're in the suburbs. Uh, So currently I reside in West Chicago, um, which is about an hour West of Chicago. Um, And man, we started this out of basically two garages. And now, I mean, we're in 35 States and growing all over the country. And so um, we're eventually going to do buildings. I guess I can kind of take a step back, explain where we got, where we're at, we are. So I'd kind of left off in the story, um, of where we got to kind of launch it. And so we got to that day of saying, Hmm, I think we're on to something. And I, I went back to my, my wife and said, Hey, look, this is gonna get really hard for a couple of years. I don't know how much money we're going to make if anything, but I feel like this is what God's called me to do with my life. And I can now impact people in the outdoors, which is what I love to do and everything can collide. And I think there's a practical need. And so at that point we set out to basically be what Red Bull is uh, a bridge that connects mainstream America with extreme sports. We wanted to become the bridge that connects mainstream America with the outdoors because you know, I, I started going to these ATA shows and our things and I'm like, outdoor community is really small. Once you get in it, everybody knows everybody and you can get caught up in thinking it's real big. And then you just step outside and you talk to your friends and they have no idea the outdoor channel exists. They have no idea sportsman's channel exists. They have no idea there's a sportsman's club 20 minutes from their house. And that's where I was like, someone's, we got to create something to get mainstream America because if all we rely on is the outdoor hunting brands to continue to market to outdoor channel, you're just preaching to the choir. You don't need to sell me on another bow. I'm going to get my kids bows. I'm going to buy the coolers. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm in. I love it. But all my neighbors aren't. They have no clue it exists. And so mm-hmm. that's where Takedown Adventures was launched. And 
so we started literally with a little painting, like a 10 foot painting trailer. And here we were, I didn't even have a truck for the first year. Talk about like humbling. I had to literally borrow someone's truck to drive the trailer around for the first year. And so here I was doing, God was just, you know, refining me and, and just the mission. And so here we were trying to just, you know, kind of set up with some local stuff. And the first one actually was launched. I, I uh, had a guy locally that was at my church that said, hey, I, I heard what you're thinking about doing. Um, could I do one for my team? And so I called Todd Graff, who owns bowhunting.com. And I you know, got to know he's a friend from the outdoor industry. And I said, Todd, I'm just a guy from uh, Illinois, but I got a mission to get America outside. And I got this idea to rent out clubs, use different facilities and bring corporate, mainstream, small business, uh, non-for-profit America out and put guns and bows in their hands to have fun. And he's like, you know, all for it, come on out. And so we did our first one and it was literally just makeshift, man. It was borrowing equipment, borrowing my friends to come out that I trusted. And by lunch, the guy pulled me aside. He said, this is the best event I've ever been to. And I was like, wow, okay, we're on to something. And then kind of my break was my brother-in-law um, runs, uh, or he's, he's a wholesaler in the financial industry in Wisconsin, does real well. Um, he's just very, does, he's just a very skilled individual in business and was a great athlete, but kind of our stereotypical, um, client was great athlete, but didn't grow up around guns, bows, this and that. So didn't, that wasn't his world, but he heard what we were doing and said, you think there's any way you could replicate this in Wisconsin? I, I take people, I got the skyboxes at Lambeau Field. I got the Milwaukee Brewer games. I do Kohler golf. What about this? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, it worked once. Let's try it again. And so I reached out to uh, Wern Valley and talked to their owners up in Waukesha and said, hey, I'm just a guy from Illinois that's got a dream to get America outside. Could we use your facility on a Thursday? And we're going to bring people that maybe aren't in the outdoors, but they're influencers in the community. And we're going to put guns and bows in their hands and hopefully they fall in love with it and want to become members and shoot. And if anything else, they just appreciate our Second Amendment rights. They appreciate the wheat wild game and all that. And if that's all we get out of it, great. And we did it. And same thing by lunch. He said, this is the greatest day I've ever had with my people. They've never felt so loved. I could leave. And it's all stuff I don't even know how to do yet. And that's when we knew we were really on to something. And he got on some calls and shared that. So here we were now all of a sudden realizing we had a viable way, at least something that people really wanted to do. And now how could we scale it? And so the the first issue was equipment. Um, You know, I didn't have the money to invest in a bunch of equipment and we definitely couldn't just be using my stuff and my friends. And so I got in my my car, uh, borrowed a buddy's badge and went to ATA and it was in Louisville that year. And I felt, you know, I'm just going to try to get in front of people and God, if you're a part of this and want me to do this. I, I know you've wired me this way and I, I see the vision. So uh, help me. And just started going and showing up at booths. And it was funny. Chris was one of them. I remember he still tells the story of, hey, I see this Italian guy coming up. I don't know if he's going to sell me watches, a car or or what. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just said, hey, Chris, I'm Jason. I'm from Illinois and I got a mission and a passion to get America outside. Can I share 30 seconds what it is? And 30 seconds into it, he started to smile real big and he's like, brother, I, I, I want to hear more. And um, so he jumped on board and to this day has you know, become a really dear friend and partner. And that's kind of how we started getting the other. I just started going to different booths and 10 Point jumped on board. 
um, CZ. Well, that was later that year, but CZ for guns, Winchester, um, Genesis bows, Matthews, um, uh, Cold Steel for our spears, Yeti for our coolers, Sidka gear for our camouflage. Uh, if we have our uniforms at our events. And the, the, the pitch was, hey, help me. Help me get America outside. I need brand partners. I don't need big checks um, to be a 30-second thing on my, my hunting show. I need to get in front of America because if we're going to focus just on the hunting community, it continues to dwindle and it'll keep dwindling if all we're replicating is ourselves. We need to be able to get outside of that. And I'm going to take it to the mainstream America with this brand. And so um, that was really awesome. And they've been great to grow with. All of them have been so supportive of that. And so that was, you know, big mountain number one. Mountain number two was, well, how do we staff it? Because we had set out early. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in people. I'm going to always, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm gambling, man, I'm gambling on people. I'm betting on people. You surround me with great people. Uh, great things are going to happen. And so on the onset, it was just my friends helping out and my, my partner's friends. We kind of just had a, a database of our hunting buddies that would come out and great people. But as we grew, uh, you run out of those resources. And so the temptation is to lower that bar to say, let's just make it more what we can do and let's find anybody. And we said, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to always bet on people. And so uh, we decided early on, and we're still proud of this to this day, uh, and this will change because we do need some full-time people that uh, around the country, but uh, we don't have a single employee right now. In these six years, it's all been independent contractors that are choosing to be there on their own will. Now, yes, we pay them for the day and we pay all their expense. It's a really fun gig. Um, but we have a Rolodex of stellar men and women that are just great human beings from around the country that come. And so when these men and women gather and they're nervous at the start of one of our experiences, like, oh, these are going to be a bunch of Paul Bunyans. They're all going to be in the, you know, living with a pack of wolves. Uh, in the and they realize real quick, like, whoa, Tim's a dentist. What he's an attorney. Wait, wait, he's a carpenter. Well, I'm a carpenter. I can relate to him. Oh, you know, he's a principal of a school, and the list goes on. It's just so cool to watch their eyes just light up and and their shoulders, you know, just they go from being real tense to relaxed. And that's our most compelling statement: is Hey, we represent America. We're just like you, men and women. And we just love the outdoors and we're excited to educate, excite, and empower you today. And so that's kind of been our business model is just to have these awesome people that put on a good time and, uh, you know, it gets harder, but that's, that's where we've gone. And, um, it's, it's an exciting, it's an exciting time. You know, we, we've, uh, we've stuck with our pillars. We call them our three E's, uh, educate, excite, empower. You'll see them on our trailer, our truck. And uh, that's how we, we gauge our success in a given year. That's how we gauge our success at an event. And that's our barometer uh, of how, how we've done with our day. And all of the way we coach is around those three A's. We believe it's a process is you educate somebody that gets them excited. Because if you just suck at something for too long, I'm just going to walk away because I, I hate stinking at something. If, right. you, <laughs> if you get some education, that's going to excite you. But then we don't want to stop there because too many people stop there. Oh, they're, they're, they're excited. Well, that, that, that fades. Then we always end with a competition to have somebody feel, even if they don't win, they feel empowered like they competed and they tried. And so we use that formula with everything we do. And um, it's, it's really been our formula to really see teams and, and companies and businesses and organizations just 
have this environment of engagement to experience those three things and walk away like this was an impactful day. This was truly unique and impactful in my life. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. That's that sounds like a great model. I mean, I think it's interesting the fact that you are, you know, you like you said, you're willing to gamble on people. Like I think, uh, you know, so many people they have they have issues with trusting other people, I mean, especially with something like this where it's where it's your baby. I mean, this is like what you've done. This is something you've you've created as a as a result of responding and trusting God. I mean, that's that's awesome to to see that you have so much faith in in what people can accomplish. It's really really cool. And, you know, I, I love the, love the plan. And I think it's interesting that, uh, you have these, these volunteers, you have these people where I, I guess not volunteers, but you have these people that come in and, and help out with, with these events that are just everyday average people. Like you mentioned, it's their dentists and their doctors, their, uh, principals, their construction workers, whatever they are. And I think, you know, I can, I can relate and I can see how that could, that could, you know, positively impact, people that are, you know, that, that may think that they're professional hunters coming in who do this, you know, for a living, they do it all the time. I think it's a, you know, there's a certain relatability factor there as far as, uh, you know, how the, how the whole event would go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's true. And so that's what we, each week, it's a different group, you know, as we grown, um, you know, we start putting together teams because everything we do, and I think you had kind of alluded to it earlier is it's all mobile, which is a challenge, but also very exciting. Um, you know, we are literally all over the country traveling with, we, we finally graduated from our little 10 foot painting trailer back in the day. Uh, you know, a couple of years back, we got a 30 foot, um, real customizable tour trailer. That's been really cool. One of my uh, main guys and one of the main parts of a takedown, he, he designed the whole thing. So everything has a place, you know, the spear racks, the tomahawks, the bows, the crossbows, the guns, the coolers, the ammo. Uh, it's, it's really cool. It's like the A team, you know, we pull up and, uh, it's, it's really awesome, uh, because everything we do has to fit. And so, you know, we're, we're going on the road. Um, I mean, for example, in April, we leave, 40 different cities in like 45 days or basically every weekday in April and May, we're in a different city in the country. And so every day is going to be a new experience with new people, uh, as the takedown tour, we call it, uh, goes around America. That's awesome. Man, that sounds, sounds like a lot of work, but it sounds, it sounds necessary. I think that you've mentioned it several times that there's a practical need for, for what we got going on right now, for what, for what you're offering. And, you know, I, I can definitely see it. I know so many other people can see it, but, you know, coming off, I guess, uh, a COVID year, you know, I, I hate calling yeah. it that, but I guess that is what it is at this point, you know, coming off, you know, a year where so many people were sitting inside or so many people have been looking at screens. I know for me specifically, I'm sick and tired of looking at screens. I'm ready to <laughs> see some green out in front of me, but, <laughs> but I know other people can relate to that too. And other people, they may be, feeling those things and not even recognize it because they don't have that outdoor experience. So, you know, I guess using that as the context, you know, why, why would take down, you know, eVentures need to put these, put these events on for the people that are coming off, you know, specifically for, for this year, you know, kind of, kind of moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So that actually is the most exciting thing that I, I probably can share is we were at a crossroads uh, Tyler, uh, this past spring, like many businesses and saying, mm-hmm. man, the world got turned upside down. I mean, we were at ATA last year 
Um, you know, it didn't happen this year. And I remember me and my wife coming back and we were on fire. All the brands are like, wow, going into your, this, you guys are rocking. And we were, we had gotten off a year where we did 52 events around the country and it just was just going really good. And we were thinking we were going to double that. We're like, this, this could be a, a big year. And then all of a sudden, you know, late spring, uh, COVID hits and it was one of those, uh, all our summer picnics. So we do any, we do big corporate picnics too, or we'll bring, you know, the equipment there and say, Hey, get the dads out of the beer tents and the kids out of the face painting, bring them together and start flinging arrows. Um, yeah. all those were, were canceled. And I was looking saying, wow, all of our income for the summer is shot. Um, and our world is upside down and everything that takedown stands for is kind of frowned upon right now. We all about loving people, intimacy. I'm Italian. I want to get my hands on you. Um, right. we're all about face to face and there was a time for a month where there was a lot of really just soul searching. And I remember just crying out to God saying, I, what am I going to do? I've given my life to this, and but I don't see how, what are we going to do? And during that time, it was the real sexy thing was, hey, you got to pivot. All my friends in business were, you got to pivot. I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to tell people, turn on their Zoom and go get their tomahawk out of their garage and throw it at the wall? You know, right, yeah. you know the, the team building. Because team building turned to completely virtual, all that was left. And all my friends in the event space all lost their jobs. All of them had to shut down. They had gotten under industries. And I'll never forget um, one of my mentors, actually, I was talking to him on the phone and he asked me a question that was different than what I was expecting. He said, because I was talking, I was trying to figure out business strategy and what am I going to do? And he said, Jason, where have you seen God work the most in your ministry? And it really caught me off guard because I've been one who's kind of said the right things prior in life. Like, hey, I got out of you know ministry or this and that to go do takedown. And it is my ministry. And I believe that. But you can, you can, get, you can get used to just saying that. Mm-hmm. And it made me think. And I said, huh, the most I've seen God work is when I had small groups in my house. The most yeah. times I've seen myself being baptizing my neighbors and friends was when we were doing little Bible studies in our basement. And everything revolved around face-to-face and interacting and educating, exciting, empowering people. And when I realized that, a light bulb went off. And it was just like, it was literally like God smacked me between the eyes and kind of said, like from from Esther said, you were created for a time such as this. You've been, you know, like the David, the, the, the shepherd boy, you've been fighting the lion, the bear, and now Goliath standing before you. But David was confident, not in his own strength, but he knew he looked back and said, I've been being prepared for this day. And that was when it was as clear to me that Takedown had been working through the weeds the past four to five years and establishing ourselves as a place where people feel loved, known, and that there was never a greater time than the present that our world needed Takedown. And when I felt that, it just it just gave me a level of a confidence of what we were doing, a conviction like never before. And I shared it with my guides and they were in similar mindsets. And I said, you know what? We're going to dig our heels in the sand. We're not going to pivot. We're not going to back down. We're going to still believe that Americans still need to get outside. They still need to interact. And there's no greater form to communicate your message in business, life or relationships than through face to face interaction. And there's no greater way to relieve stress, anxiety, or improve posture than the shooting sports. 
And that summer of last year, I said, we're going to refine what we do till somebody calls us. And we finally came out with a brand new website last summer that had been years in the making, uh, got all our stuff really tidy. And then it was as if God flipped on a light switch. And all of a sudden, our contacts over the years with, um, you know, privately held companies uh, that, you know, uh, weren't publicly traded, that didn't have all the red tape, started to call and say, I'm still open for business and I got nothing else to do. And I realized, wait a second, I don't got any more competition. No one's going to skyboxes to games. Wait a second. No one has Minnesota Twin Skybox tickets right now. No one's going to NASCAR. No one's going to the PGA 18th hole. No one's going to concerts and steak dinners. So if you're willing to call takedown and have us out, we'll show up. And what was amazing was our fall of last year at the at the absolute height of the pandemic, we had our busiest fall we've ever had. We did 25 adventures in 35 days. And we were in Los Angeles, uh, that Beverly Hills, all that Thousand Oaks area, all the way out to New York, down to Texas. When the whole world was shut down, we said, we'll still show up. And the people were coming out, Tyler. And there's always emotion. There's always raw emotion at our events. And it, yeah. it, it just is. But there was a heightened level that I have never seen before. I mean, grown men and women tearing up saying, this is the first day I've felt a release in six months. I haven't seen my coworkers. I've seen nothing but my kids and my family. I've been in my office in my basement for the past six months. I haven't been to church. I haven't been, you name it. They hadn't been out of their house. And we've just rode that momentum to become a spokesperson and say, look, hey, we're still going to fight for face-to-face interaction. There's a narrative out there that's different than what TV is sharing with you. And we're boots on the ground that is telling you, hey, we're out here in LA when everybody's saying everything's shut down and people are having a blast and no one's getting sick or getting hurt. We're being very safe. We're not being... You know, we're not having mosh pits. Um, you know, so it's not right. careless. Like we, we always say, you know, don't make a stand in stupidity. I say, never be stupid. Um, but we, 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 I mean, it's it's easy though. We already have people stand six feet apart, so we don't have to change anything. We were already yeah. set up to do that, and that's carried over. Uh, thankfully, I mean, we 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 haven't gotten any stuff this winter indoors, but. Um, we got our first one for Willow Creek church next week. They're doing an 80 person staff with all bows and tomahawks in their main campus, um, in Illinois. And then we were in Florida two weeks ago and we did a five day stop and we ended on a fancy golf course on a Saturday and their members came out and from six to 10 at night had dinner drinks and threw tomahawks and shot bows on their golf course and were hooting and hollering and uh, that's that's where we're headed. We have currently, I'm looking at my board here, we have 65 eventures in 35 states already booked just for the spring and summer. Man, and when you awesome. watch that sit, sit in with our current state as a nation, uh, it's it's something that only only God could do. And we've been working hard to be in a place to be there for people. And so when people call and say, uh, is it safe? You better believe it is. We can separate you as much as you want. We can, you know, sanitize things, do this and that. But more importantly is I can't find anything out there that relieves stress and anxiety more than the shooting sports. And it, it's it, it's nothing new. Uh, I've been talking with Genesis and Matthews, mainly Genesis, as they're, you know, rebranding things over the past year to really hit mainstream America. 
There is so much science and data out there. You don't have to be an expert to just look up and see the benefits of shooting sports. And the reason yeah. is really simple. And a nine-year-old can understand this. My son can. You can't focus on a target. You cannot focus on a bullseye and be thinking about other distractions. You're not going to be successful. So mm-hmm. we create an environment where people can focus on targets for a couple hours and lose the distractions, lose the stress, lose the anxiety. And so we offer that. And then you look at, like you were saying, how many people are sitting inside? I mean, everybody's in their pajamas these days. I mean, I, I don't know any of my right. friends go anywhere. They just, they're sitting in their PJs doing their, their, their work from home. Well, posture is horrible. My friends that are chiropractors are making a killing because everybody's posture is so bad. Well, yeah. you know, you can't shoot a bow with bad posture. Your body is a part of the equipment. You have to be able to stand firm and with your, anything you're doing with what we do with your core. And so uh, we're going to help people's postures. And so all those things kind of, they kind of, it excites me so much because it creates a perfect opportunity for us on a silver platter to walk up to somebody and be like, here, we're here for your company. Whether you're not going to be uh, meeting in person all year, that's fine. That's your company's choice. But shouldn't you maybe get together once this year and have us come and set up our experience in the grass by your parking lot of your building and people can come and say hello to each other in person once in a 12 month period. And that's, right. and that's kind of uh, you know, the benefit of takedown mm-hmm. where God's really giving us favor in a platform. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Cause that is like you, you hit the nail on the head because I mean, everything that you just mentioned is something that I, I, I know everybody uh, definitely across this country is feeling and you know in some cases even worse than some other places and it's just that that lack of you know the human interaction is something that's so huge i mean i think god designed us to be that way god designed us to be social people and to to have others around us and um you know i, I love the fact that you guys you know just you went out there anyways because you know so there's i mean so many people have just completely given up on you know seeing friends. I mean, it's giving up on seeing family and just giving up on, you know, interacting with, with people to the point to where, where it's extremely unhealthy because, you know, we are designed to, to have that interaction with people and, you know, and to not have half of our faces covered so that we can see emotions and we can feel each other's body language and that kind of thing. And it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible. And I, I love that you mentioned that. And I love that it's been such a good year for you. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what takedown does in this upcoming year. And if people are interested in, in what takedown's doing and, you know, if they're interested in maybe getting involved with helping out or maybe interested in uh, participating or maybe convincing their supervisors to give you a call, you know, how, how can people, how can people reach out to you and how can people, you know, get involved in those variety of different ways? Yeah, great. So simplest way, because it's tough to remember numbers and things, they can go right to the website, Takedown E-Ventures with an E. Some people say Takedown Adventures. No, it's Takedown E-Ventures, like an event. Um, and so TakedownEventures.com, the contact information uh, still goes directly to me. So there's that's my cell phone and uh, email address right on there. And it's, it's Jason at TakedownEventures.com um, is, you know, so it's, it's real simple stuff. But um, I would love, I mean, there's, there's two ways that people can get involved. One is uh, through interest in, in, in guiding or being a part. I, mean, I got 
Chris has been great and these other brands, they're starting to realize the need to, if we don't put a line in the sand right now and fight for hunters and other and more awareness, uh, we're going to lose everything. And so yeah. uh, they're making pitches. I mean, oh, Chris has been a great advocate. I was on the phone with Yeti today and different companies saying, how can we get awareness to what takedowns doing or help? And so if someone's listening to this and says, hey, I, I, I would love to help. Um, I'm, I'm having conference calls almost daily with guys calling me from around the country, uh, seeing where they might be able to help with that. And then two, uh, like you said, is, uh, doing events. And so if they're a part of a, you don't got to be an owner of a company. It's just, if it's something that you think your company or your organization, uh, or your team, you're part of a sports team could really benefit from, uh, then give us a call. We're not a circus act. We're not a carnival. We're more of a consultant where I'll, I'll talk with those people, set up a call. And we'll kind of figure out what their culture is, what they're trying to accomplish. And we'll make sure that we have an experience that's tailored to that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll make sure that I include all the information into the show notes of this show. So as people, if they're interested in this, they can click on the details and they can go down there. I'll have links to the website. I have links to everything that everybody needs to know as far as connecting with you. And Jason, man, this was a really great conversation i'm glad you were able to jump on here with me and and share everything that that takedown offers i mean that's it's fantastic and i know it's something that is definitely needed you know all throughout the country regardless of backgrounds and regardless of interest i think it's something that is fantastic and i i love that you've uh taken that leap of faith and, and jumped out there and tackled it oh thanks so much for having me tyler really appreciate it all right guys so there you have it there's my conversation with jason amato of takedown eventures I hope you guys really enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I want to encourage you guys to check out what Jason is doing with Takedown Eventures on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find them at the handle at Takedown Eventures. And then search for them on Facebook as well. Check out their website, www.takedowneventures.com and see all the amazing things that, that Jason is doing with that organization. If you guys enjoyed what you heard today, then I want to encourage you guys to leave us a rating and review ratings and reviews go a long way for podcasts. So those of you guys that are enjoying what you're hearing, it would be greatly appreciated. If you guys left us a rating, left us a review, go ahead and click that subscribe button while you're at it. Thank you for listening to the rise to podcast today. And I'll see you guys next time.